Hello, and welcome to the Charge Zone. Um, it's the boys here again. Uh, the Pro 14 season is well underway, as in we've done a week of it. <laughs> uh, um, I suppose we'll just we'll start off by looking straight back at uh, the game last week, the game against Dragons, 35-5 to Leinster. Um, impressive enough stuff all around. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, I thought it was a decent performance. Um, Costa lost through injuries now. Mm. We have Porter got a bit of a strain. Sex in a bit, but he's fine, apparently. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, he came off early. Deegan looks like he's going to be out for the season, perhaps. Yeah, that looked like some sort of knee thing. Knee thing is never You're not, you're not wrong. <laughs> the, uh, the prognosis for me for Deegan is... Send them to Connacht. <laughs> Harsh but fair assessment. It could I mean, happen. It will happen. He'll be going to another province. Plain and simple. Unless he like re reimagines himself as some sort of lock. Which I don't know, is he tall enough to do that? Big enough? Hefty enough? No. So he's gonna be going he'll be up in Ulster with Geordie Murphy shitting it up. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I suspect he's another one of these players that no, I think he's better than that, actually. But it w- I would have thought the same about Jordy too. But they just, I don't know, it's the, like the Leinster collective just makes these guys look great and then mm-hmm. take them out of that. And Not maybe so they just don't way. feel at home. Or, But mm-hmm. yeah, looked bad for Deegan. This this could spell, spell the end of his career at Leinster, I think, anyway. Like- Bit extreme, but. Uh... No, no, no. Like, he's not going to retire or anything. But just look at the, the back row. Like, the back row situation doesn't have a place for. People with busted knees. Yeah, even though Levy had the ultimate busted knee. I, I don't knee. understand why Levy hasn't played yet because, no, sorry, I do understand they keep pushing <laughs> back. But it's like, it, there was talk of him coming back before the uh, lockdown. Yeah, there was, yes. I wouldn't like, say, oh, he might be available in a couple of this, this month, we're hoping. Maybe his knee's more busted than anybody thought. Perhaps. And he's actually like, can't play. He's just putting on a brave face and telling the doctors don't want to let him down. They're like, no, it'll be next week. It'll be next week. <laughs> Actually, he's never going to come back. <laughs> just keep telling them that. But uh, yeah, the match. Uh, I mean, it sounds like sad to say, given a lot of what I said last week, but it's kind of what you'd expect uh, in one of these types of matches. Yeah. The drag. Dragons are better than they usually are. Hmm. <laughs> um, that sounds like damning with faint praise, but they were they weren't a shambles. They they contested that game and they just weren't good enough. Um, which is no no shame to them. But I thought like if they were a bit more clinical and yeah. their lineup completely malfunctioned, they could have scored a couple more times. Um, and I don't think we we're in any danger of losing that match. But they could have made more of a game of it. I don't think they'd be they won't be happy with that. But like they won't be too dismayed. I don't think if they could continue that performances, they'll pick up more wins than they did last season or even the last couple of seasons. Yeah, it was. It was... Solid was how I would describe it. It's just like it's unfortunate they came again, up against us. I think Give, like that could have been a great first match of the season for Dragons because yeah. they seemed up for it. They they're low on errors, like good attacking play. But I think the Leinster ethos there was the hurt, and we, we got a real rebound from the Saracens thing where yeah. lads went out there to prove a point, and it's just bad, bad place, bad time for the Dragon boys. I think. 
Um, Jamie Roberts killed Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, Ferrari needs to get his tackling sorted if he's going to be a pro. Yeah, it's the first time I've seen him go down in a tackle like that. His head's all well, wonky. Yeah. yeah, he's got his head on the right plate. Like, okay, Jamie Roberts is a big, big unit, but there's a lot of big lads around. Yeah. So what did he break his cheekbone or something? It swelled up really quickly. <laughs> he got hit on the ice sock or something. Yeah, it's whatever. Whatever. It was like swollen to the extent that I think something had to have been broken because, like, it doesn't swell that severely that quickly unless something's broken, I think. You're five years in medical school, touch that. <laughs> no, but like it just was a severe level of swelling for. Well, Dan Levy was severe level of swelling and never did him any harm. <laughs> <laughs> it made him stronger. <laughs> Gave him the punished battle scar. Yeah. Um, just looking at the stats here. Uh, apparently we had eighty-three percent possession. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't uh, disbelieve that. Yeah, you know, it didn't feel like that. No, it didn't. But uh. Yeah, that's that's actually the most I've probably seen, which is interesting enough fact. Well, actually, now that you mention that, it did feel like we made a lot less handling errors than we did all mm. the matches prior, because it did feel like we were kind of dropping the ball or knocking it on or whatever in all the matches since we came back from lockdown. At least it did to me, and it was kind of frustrating. But it only really paid dividends for the opposition team in the Saracens match, because... They were the only ones who could match us for quality, but it didn't feel like that in the Dragons match. I don't, I don't think it was coming from pressure of the opposition in all the other previous games because, I don't know, it seemed like a consistent trend, so maybe that's something they worked on, even though it wasn't all that much time. I thought Reese Ruddock really um, put a question to the selection for the semi-final, or quarter-final, sorry. I thought he really played well. He has the experience and the physicality that might have been very useful against Saracens mm. even from the bench mm. um, but can he chop tackle Billy Vunapola twice <laughs> can he do that <laughs> Maybe not, probably not. <laughs> I, I think I saw somewhere during the week I think you were talking about it last time as well Neil that Caelan Doris and Will Connors I think both came out and said that they were probably a bit too focused on uh, that Billy Vunapola deal Yeah, and it cost them the scrum well, it probably stands to their inexperience that you'd imagine that they were coached to think like that in that situation, whereas a more experienced head might understand that or not Dude, get so focused on the one message, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, I can see how uh, people who haven't got much big game experience, if they're really getting a message hammered into them, I could see how they'd almost become too focused yeah. on that, which is possibly what happened. I can't imagine Reese Ruddock would have, mm. you know, been drawn into that mental space so much. Maybe, but if they did say from the very start, give it all in their scrum, and then maybe even picks up, picks the ball up and runs twenty meters, like what the hell are we doing this for? Yeah, <laughs> so, like it's it's trade offs, and it didn't work out in that case. Um. I'm just looking through the team sheet, trying to remember who had a notable game. James Ryan was pretty much his typical yeah. self of just world class. Ryan Baird had a huge impact when he came on. Yes, we'll we'll we'll, we'll jump to him now. Ryan Baird uh, scored an amazing try straight off the busted line out. Um, yeah, he's looking, all the way. he's looking like a serious contender. Uh, way too good for this level, is what I would say. Yeah. Way too good. I don't well, know. Way too good. I don't know. Like, like in a limited Pro 14 action we've seen of him, he's like 
uh, just been a superior athlete. So. Well, well, I agree with some of your sentiment. I'm going to call <laughs> back to the Jordy Murphy example and say, take this man and put him in a team that's not, Lancer. I'm not going to say head and shoulders above everyone else, but not a good deal beyond most of the competition. And you mm. probably don't have him looking as good as he does. I, I'm not sure about that, though, like because he came on, he played the full game against Munster, which he didn't look out of place. Mm. He played. He came on against Saracens and ripped the ball out of Billy Vinopolo's hands, which is hard to do. Yeah, and he came on here and tore it up. Like every time he's gone up a level, he's he's like it's only been like 15 games he's played for Leinster, pretty mm. much, and not even starts. But he's matched the level and show, um, in some games really took over the game mm. with his ability. So and he's in the Irish squad. Like I wouldn't be too surprised if. He gets a start. I hope he does, quite frankly, because I want to see him. I want to see him as much as I can. Like he's he's an exciting prospect. I I love Towner and all, but like gotta be honest, yeah. I don't want to see much more of him at that lock. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like no, seriously, he's no, done right. his he's done his bit. He's got his medals. Happy days. It's probably time for him to start. You know, taking a step back and letting these younger lads who clearly have the ability to start stepping up. It's only fair. Like, what was it you said, Neil? I think uh, Joe Sch- Connor was the most picked player under Joe Schmidt or something. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Like, he's, he's, got his, he's got his fair run, you know? I think if you looked at him near the start of his career, you'd never say that he'd end up getting the game time and the level of quality games that he did. So, you know, that's a good career, well-lived. Oh, yeah. I, I still see... think he has a year or two at Leinster. You mm. think he does? Yeah. Well, now, this may not be This may not be starting... That's that's what I mean, though. I want he's, to see. He's definitely, he's definitely too experienced and too good to just throw away. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying throw him away. I'm just saying for like the Irish team, or you know, First if you team. want a big, okay, if you want a big game change in person, is Toner going to be that guy? Probably not. And I feel like we might need some Zaz, some <laughs> X Factor, as we use that expression. Zaz, what is Zaz? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to look it up. I never said Zaz. Zaz. Whatever you know what I mean, <laughs> roughly. But uh, I feel like the team might be lacking in Zaz a bit right now. <laughs> <laughs> but well, certainly Ireland. I don't know. I just I think we need some shakings up. Yeah. Um, I thought Gibson Park did very well, and in my mind, is is pretty much the clear number one at Leinster. That's scrum half. But yes, his passing is just so <laughs> like it's head and shoulders above McGrath. Again, we have, to, we have to say it was versus. Dragons. Dragons the home against. Yeah, yes. okay, okay. Other than like pressure, but he is situation. a better passer and a quicker passer, I think, of the ball. Yeah, the quickness is the main thing that I know is. I just I can't see a case for McGrath other than some sort of top down pressure of actually having an Irish Irish person there. But um, I, th- I think that'll, that's that's going to disappear if he's getting picked ahead of McGrath and Irish squads. Sincerely helps him. Um, McGrath is the best defender, I think, at nine. Someone threw up a stat. Um, just when we came back from the lockdown, uh, of all the Irish scrum halves, mm. and he has the highest tackles, highest tackle percentage. Mm. This might be only for a couple of percent in a couple of them, but he's, he's, he was the best defensive yeah. one. And that was the rationale behind bringing him to the World Cup ahead of others. Um, was his defence? But yeah, Gibson Park, he's playing well and he's taking his chance. So I would, I would keep him on. Um, yeah. I, I was worried. Gone up. You'd have him as number one then? Yeah, definitely for us. Yeah. 
Um, Tommy Ryan came on, did well. Two, uh, got a turnover, and he nearly got one previous to that as well. Mm. Um, he had a few turnovers in the Irish a, the the Leinster A game. I didn't get to see, but I was apparently he's very good on the ground there. So, um, the worrying thing for me was Sean Crone and the Keen Healy coming on and being absolutely terrible. Phoning it in. No, which is worrying. <laughs> they were just like, bad. Yeah, I remember Keen Healy took like a blind pick. Picked the ball up and ran to the blind side, close to the line. Just got bundled into touch. Oh yeah, I remember that. That was odd. Um, because I was thinking over the break after uh, over the several games after the break, not the breakdown, the lockdown. <laughs> the breakdown. That could be the uh, podcast renamed the breakdown lockdown. <laughs> but he had really bad stats, and I was like, well, well maybe they're not picking him up right because one of the games he definitely had more tackles in, but like maybe he's just um, past it. Yeah, this this hard this, hard, hard, to, hard to say that was. This happens though with careers, the cliff can come very quickly. And maybe it's just a bit dip of form and whatever it was. True, true. Cronin you know, had terrible line out and missed the ball a couple of times. It was it was wasn't a, a highlight reel for him. I know it's hard to pick the most important positions on the field, but would you kind of agree that? Two, nine, and ten are probably up there. Yes, that's the spine yeah. of the team. I think both in Leinster and Ireland, two, nine, and ten are a real worry for me. And I know you said Johnny, but like, I don't know. Johnny seems to be hit and miss lately. Obviously, I love him and I want him there for as long as possible, but this two, nine, and ten situation, I don't yeah. think you can win anything. A bad two, a bad nine, and a bad ten. True. And I mm-hmm. see, I see. Certainly, two would worry the most. But like, let's say Johnny gets injured tomorrow, if he's even playing, which he's not. <laughs> but let's say he picks up an injury or whatever. Yeah. You yeah. know, we're. The, I think we're basically fucked internationally. The the depth isn't there at all. No. And that's so. worrying. And the good point about number two, um, like Kelleher is great. And he's got all the potential in the world, and he's played really well. Um, but he's still putting it together. I get the sense in terms of line out and all that kind of stuff, and it might take him a while to get there. He's a prospect. Well, I think he's beyond prospect at this yeah. point. It's just he's. We still have to remember he's barely twenty-two. I think so. Mm. Um, there'll be a few growing pains along the way. I think he's. It, I, I, see, it's kind of like this. He, I think he's firm choice number. He's the starter for Leinster and probably the starter for Ireland. So, um, we'll have to learn with him along the way. Yeah, that's a that's a crazy position for him to be in, though. When you think about it, it is. It is. But but then you just look like you're saying. You look at the other options and both at yeah. Leinster and in Ireland, there's not there's not really a lot there. Is it? I think we're suffering from the hangover of the Joe Schmidt era now, of low risk. Not wanting to blood people and get them experience. This is this is where we find ourselves now. Andy Farrell has to pick up the the shit heap. <laughs> that joke is that. obviously a bit extreme. We're gonna win the Six Nations now, or something. I'm gonna have to eat all my words. But uh, D- does Andy Farrell say that to the squad beforehand? <laughs> yeah, <You're a> shit <laughs> heap. <laughs> none of none of anything that happens here is my problem. It's the, it's the guy before me. 
Um, oh, one other thing uh, from that Lancer Dragons game. The other main talking point I remember was uh, Jordan Larmer has been kicked out to the wing. Hugh O'Keenan is Hugh O'Keenan had another good game. Yes. So, um, do you think this Jordan Larmer as a winger and Hugo as the fullback? Do you think that's a thing? We'll I be think using? so, and I think Farrell's thinking that as well. Yes, could be. Um, just a segue to the Irish squad if we want to now. Yeah, yeah, it seems to be a lot there's the uh, Daly and Keegan. Oh, Keegan, sorry. Someone. <laughs> uh, Deegan. No, I'm sorry. Jesus, Keegan. Oh, God. Uh, um, are both dedicated fullbacks and both have looked the best at fullback, even if they're uncapped. Yes. I think with both of them picked, and then there's Conway, Lamore, and Stockdale. I think he's looking at it as, okay, maybe going Conway, Lamore, Stockdale. Mm. And that's his back three. Mm. But I think. Uh, one of Daly or um, Keenan will be the fullback. And they're like traditional fullbacks. They're not wingers playing fullbacks, which mm. I, I don't think actually really works. No, I think it works the other way if you have a fullback playing on the wing. You can, yeah. But you can't really work a w- winger into a fullback. I know, I remember reading a few years ago about New Zealand. They like to pick one of their wings as actually like a, a, a second fullback. fullback. Yeah. yeah, and you can rotate in and out. I think it. I think we are possibly shifting to that kind of model. Yeah, but even New Zealand, like think about the incredible players New Zealand had at the wing, mm. like Doug Howless, Lamu, Rokotoko, um, Savea, Giovato, Savea. Like they don't really. They, they might play them at one or two games at fullback, but they very rarely do. Mm. They like like Izzy Dag or Moyaina or Bowden Barrett even. Yeah, that's kind of different because that's like a out <laughs> player. Yeah. But they're not playing wings at fullback. I'm saying, like, yes, yes, even I get if they the score forty tries in their career, they aren't shuffling the fullback to get them on ball more. Mm. Aussies are a bit of a weird case, but like Brian Abana was never really played a fullback. Yep, he was a dedicated winger, and very good one. But this is where it comes down to like your ability to field kicks, and I think Lamar has shown himself to be not reliable or at least not consistently reliable in that position you know he has that miracle miracle break which (laughs) you might get one in every like six seven eight games but you know that's not bad at wing yeah Hmm. and you can still do that from the wing so you're still getting that but he's not like relying solely on him as this defensive sweeper back there which you know if you fuck up in that way it's gonna screw your team pretty pretty badly so i think mm-hmm. keenan daily probably the way to go and it does show if that is his intent what you suspect neil it does show uh, an element of you know saying okay i'm, I'm here i'm gonna take a risk which i kind of think it's a good time to take a risk at least a few risks i would think just mm. given this, like the fractured nature of the competition and all that, because you know there's there's a handy excuse there, and also like because of the fractured nature, I think people people will have a lot more sympathy if it doesn't go. Perfectly well, there's a lot, lot more options to play people in this tournament coming up because there won't be any fans there. Yeah, it's only one off thing. Yeah, so and there's no World Cup rankings. So mm. there's a lot of freedom there. It feels low pressure, which I, I think if you're not going to take risks, then when are you going to take risks? You know, 
Mm. So, like, it, uh, it was... That's not risk. He's going to have to rotate regardless, because six games in six yeah, weeks, but, pretty much. Like, what if you just rotated between Daly and Keenan, giving them alternating games or something at fullback? Like, that would be... I That would make me slightly happy. Maybe he could do some other things in other ways, but that would be one way of throwing me a bone. <laughs> <laughs> this one's for Dave. <laughs> <laughs> no, I assume like there's other people like me. Who, who yeah, I think, think... It's like, they're, they're being the best two best fullbacks, I think, in Irish rugby. Yes. Over the return to rugby, so. Um, and the, the Lamore and Stockdale have been mixed at best. Yeah. yeah. And it's, so, it's 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 definitely a position where um, I think we've seen it, where if a team can sense that there's any sort of indecision or uncertainty there, that they can ruthlessly exploit it. Well, it's funny. Uh, like, I was watching Halfpenny in the Munster, Munster match. Yeah. And, like, what does he do flashy? He does nothing flashy. He's terrible yeah. in attack, but he can kick goals really consistently, and he's great at defending. Yeah, uh, like that's kind of what you want, really, isn't it? You know, it's not it's not gonna win any fans big time on, like, say, make make this Lamar style video where he steps about seven people and scores a try half the length of the field. I I don't know that half Penny's ever done anything even close to that, but he's still around. He's still kicking, you know. Yep, because first and foremost, your fullback should be able to do the basics really well. And he, he is a testament. His career, I think, is a testament to that. Man, it was helped massively by him having the boot. But it was, it's kind of it's neat to see that he's still kicking around. What other risks do we see in this Ireland squad? Um, uh, could be Baird. Like, Baird could be mm. on the bench. He could be starting. Maybe maybe just brought in for the experience of it. Maybe it's a bit too soon from now. But, mm. like, like, Ryan's definitely starting. Imagine Henderson is definitely in the 23. Yeah. So, do you play... Uh, Ty Byrne is just too lightweight for me. I've said this multiple times, all I could do is say it as an <laughs> international second row or against top-level European teams. I'd like to see him in the back row. Yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't think against a team, these teams, you play him. Well, you know, like I think our back row mm, could need like some breakdown stuff. Yeah. Certainly, like I don't know, CJ can turn it on, but yeah, I think he brings a level of bite at the breakdown that other teams will have to. If he's picked, they'll have to look at that and say, "Okay, well, they picked him to go after us at the breakdown, so we're gonna play it a different way." So you could use that as like a yeah mind game well, and not like go the... after them there, or just actually fully go after them there. You know, well, the back row is interesting because I think CJ is definitely penciled in. He's your number one choice you, in the back row. Six, six or eight, though. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, do you mm. play him at six or eight? Do you play? You probably play Doris. Mm. I don't think it's too much a bit of a difference who's playing six, who's playing eight. Mm. And then it gets interesting because you have Van der Fleer and Connors are dedicated sevens in the squad. Yep. But because you're, in my mind, you're benching or dropping Palm completely. Yes, I think so. You say, well, if we put Byrne in the back row along with Doris and CJ, we're not losing anything on the ground. True, and we're still putting out a big, it's like it's it's a good lineout back row with Byrne in it, and it's a big back row, hmm. so you don't want to get bullied around. I think that's a possibility. I don't think we'll see it, hmm. but if there's a worry about getting beaten up by teams, 
that's that's out of the background that's picked there. I think that's an option. Uh, Conan could come in, but like he's not better than CJ, I don't think, and he's not better than Doris. But he hasn't. He's not. He's been playing well. He's not been playing terribly. Mm. I said the only bad thing against him over the last few weeks have been the penalties in that Ulster game. But yeah, aside from that, he's he hasn't been taking over games, but he hasn't no. been missing. He's making good tackles, good carries. And I think with Connors or Van der Fleer, it's like a horses for courses. Like, do you want someone getting chopped down all day, or do you want someone with a huge engine? <laughs> I love that. Whenever Josh Van der Fleer comes up, the word engine has to be mentioned. Yeah. Work rate. <laughs> <laughs> Great. But tell me this is Peter O'Mahony there for diplomatic reasons alone? No, I think like. He's not there on merit. Don't even dare. He's there <laughs> on either past merit or diplomatic reasons or both. He's not there on current merit. Well, the thing is, like, who would you have ahead of him at the moment? Anyone? Send saying, a message. I'm saying if he's fifth or sixth <laughs> choice. Yeah. I think sending messages is good. Like, well, <laughs> benching him or dropping him is. Like, you know, he's not necessarily picked out of this team. Him being there is an injustice, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Fucking get some bloke from Ulster. Like, speaking of injustice, some bloke from Ulster. <laughs> yeah. What does John Cooney have to do? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I, I saw a lot of good stuff going around on Twitter. Was that before the Italy game, he was like nailed on as like he'll this is he'll get his start and this will be his chance to make stake his claim and and by the time that game actually takes place, he's not even in the squad. <laughs> Truly, that that's a cliff, Rob. That's um, unexpected. Like he hasn't been playing well. Mm. But then you see Murray's been picked. <laughs> so that's not the. Uh... See, I think these monster people are there for diplomatic reasons. Purely, they're not there on current merit. If there, if there was current merit, they wouldn't be there. It's historic goodness, and we need to keep monster people happy. That's it. <laughs> it is like what? How else can you justify? Okay, I might make a case in Peter Mahoney's case for like leadership experiency kind of thing. But I never got the sense from Murray with regard to any sort of leadership role or experience bringing. Well, he's definitely experienced. He's experienced, but you know, there's some people who you get a sense pass on experience to people. I got, I always got a sense from Murray. He's just kind of like a uh, sounds weird, but lone wolf type. Who, who he's in a team of 15 people, so he's obviously not a lone wolf. But you know, he's not like a big passy downy. Nur- nurturing the younger guys coming up, he kind of just does his own thing, and that's fair enough. You know, mm. everybody's different, but uh, yeah, I think like okay, so you don't have Peter Manning, and you don't have Murray. Who are the monster people there? CJ, John Ryan, Conway, maybe Conway. Con- yeah, I, I take Conway daily. So, like, these, there's people here who I suppose deserve to be there, as far as I'm concerned. But Kilcoyne would be in the squad if he was fit. Yeah, he, probably. Yes, yes. But, and Earls um, would probably be around there somewhere. Earls, as well. yes. Earls is still a handy player. I don't know if I'd have him either. <laughs> well, just purely on age, I think you might yeah. be thinking. It's it's looking like he wants some sort of like come true on with younger lads. So I think having the likes of Earls there is maybe counter to what I hmm. see he kinda wants to do, if you know what I mean. It it's it's a bit redundant, I think. Especially with the low risk thing that I believe is 
going on with this tournament. So yeah, it's yeah. six games in six weeks. So I'd say pretty much all of the players will see some some game time and the typical thing is some guys are probably gonna get injured in like the first game and someone who's who we think won't have to play significant time will end up playing huge minutes. Could be. Um like you're looking to the next World Cup, will Earl be there? No. Probably, probably not, no. Well you might be around for the next two years. Yes. I, I like Neil's assessment of the World Cup um the whole the other way because we're all like, oh we'll build the next one and I remember Neil saying um uh, we should just forget about that because we're just obviously not that good at it. So we should just focus on the, you know, let's just win as many stuff as we I can. Mean, like, you build a squad, but like, like if we just dropped everything and focus on the World Cup, like what do we do different? We like losing games is not going to win us the World Cup. No, ex- exactly. So it's kind, of, it's kind of like I'm not saying pick the best team every day. Uh, like obviously we can rotate against Georgia and all that kind of stuff, but don't be forcing the issue is all i would say like don't throw some away who's giving going to give you a year or two years just because they won't be at the world cup yes that's it exactly mm. but does that not then mean you end up with a situation where you have a void of people true true it's a risk that you you yeah but you like, could end up I, like i think we're kind of suffering a bit of a void in the backs at the minute no like, uh, like the, cent- the, the centers are fine the thing is scrum off we have players but we're not getting picked yes that's a different issue than not having players, I think. Hmm. Um, out half, well, Carberry's already injured. Madigan was supposed to be a long-term backup, but he's he, he left and he's only back in our setup now. Hmm. And he's probably not going to be it. We got Jackson, who obviously would have been around, but he's left because of the... Well, sorry to interrupt your flow there, but you said it yourself. We have the players at nine, but they're not getting picked. That's what I mean. So if you continue with Earls until the the day that he keels over, then someone's not getting picked. And then you're going to have a situation where you have to pick the guy who wasn't getting picked, but he wasn't getting picked, so he's going in cold. And mm. you end up with a situation where someone who could have potentially been quite good at this time, if you had, had you given him the runouts, is now going in and looking not great. I, I just don't think it's an issue saying someone really like there's no like i don't think that'll be the difference between us having a good world cup or not and that's only just one case i know what you mean if you're stretched out to the entire squad yeah, obviously it's gonna hurt but like hmm. earl staying on for a year or two still means that someone else can have a year or two in Get the ready. battery um for the next world cup um, and there's still people get there's just just Two wing spots and a fullback spot plus a bench spot maybe mm. in each squad. And we have plenty of people rotating in through the wings, so like it, it's not an issue in my mind if Earl was fit and we picked him. Um a bigger issue for me is I... playing non fullback and fullback. Okay. Like, I don't mind if it's Earls and Conway in the wings and they daily a fullback, or if it's Lamore and Stockdale on the wings. Mm. Like they're younger, they're gonna give you more time, but like the important thing for me is getting players in the position to to get experience, but also have the, ex- the experienced players around them if they are the best in their position or playing well. Like so, yeah. Like you said, there we have wings. We have had wings. 
rotating in. I don't know that we have, or it doesn't feel that way to me. It just feels like we've kind of been on a very similar track for a long time. And well, like if you look at the, the problem is like um, since yeah. last World, say in between last World Cups, we brought in Lamore, we brought in Stockdale, Conway was I came into us. Hmm. Um, Carney's now out of it. We had Dave Carney coming back in, but he got injured now. Um, well, like we did like, bring in wings in between World Cup, but it's not. Dave Carney is currently injured. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he would be in that squad if he wasn't? I think he. Will. I think he's playing really well this year, but he got injured in like the first match. Yeah. So it's hard to say if he was still in that form, but he was really good earlier in the year. I don't know. I just think maybe I'm probably if if Stockdale was still getting his wonder tries, I'd probably not be harping on about this because I'd probably just be happy that Stockdale's there scoring tries. But yeah, I'm probably making a mountain out of a molehill or being overly pessimistic about the situation. Well, well, speaking of the wings, um, so I just put up there, um. There's five players who are also training with the squad who are, I think they're, I don't know, they're just supplemental players, um, yeah. one of which is James Lowe. And I know he qualifies sometime in November. It's so early just, November. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering then, like, um, how do you think he fits into the, the plan? I think he's definitely given, going to be given time and games. Yeah. I'm not sure if he'll have the same impact. At that, at the international level, yeah, like mistakes are punished more, and you don't get enough time, and everyone's stronger and faster and fitter and mm. more committed. But the only thing you can do is put him in and check it. Like he could be our next wing for the world, next World Cup. Yep, or maybe he doesn't. Um, here's the development players from the start of the Six Nations last year. See, see the contrast. Yeah, Ryan Baird, Robert Balakoon, Harry Byrne, and Will Connors. Yeah. And then Balakoon's injured, but he'd probably be around as well. Yeah. And yes. Harry Byrne back in the development again. But Baird obviously graduated. And Connors graduated. But uh yeah, it's interesting in such a short space of time. It's it's good that I think I think we have very good talent spotters in that these guys get noticed early and get brought in. Like Baird, the trajectory of Baird's career, I think, is—I wouldn't say miraculous, but it's—it's it's good to see it happening that quickly. I think, I like that. Like, I like—I think there's a place for players kind of developing yeah, like, slowly as well. Like but, in 2018, we brought in Lee. Well, Levy wasn't a, a bolter, but he was—he hmm. cemented in the first point, first choice that time. Yeah, we brought in Ryan. We brought in Lamore Stockdale, and that really gave a boost to squad uh, Porter as well. So like, and the thing is, is, these are these are players playing well. Um, they're playing well in their position. It's not like we're jettisoning someone who's playing really well because they're old. Like, just, hmm. I'm, I'm overall pretty happy with this squad. Ed Burns, another one. I think he's getting into the injuries as much as anything else, but he's improved since he came back and probably scrummaging better than Healy at the moment. Hmm. Would you Did- start him? No. Yeah, 
the the issue I have with Burn is um I'd just be worried about his size at the next yeah. level. But again, like he's played well, let's give him give him an opportunity. Yes. Let's see if he can do it. Do you guys uh, see your man his red card? Oh I yes, did. yeah. Let's let's talk about that actually. Um, yeah, that was a powerful game. Let's talk about Munster, yeah. Um, the, I thought Munster were better without Peter Manny on the pitch. <laughs> yeah, and and the, their stats to back that up in that they scored a lot of their points when he wasn't there. Which Damning. Is... I thought it was nice for them that it felt to me as though it was kind of a young blood thing. Mm. It was like. Yeah. A victory earned by the young upcoming people as opposed to others. It was like that 10 with the red curly hair. Ben Healy. Yes. That was some kick, like fair play to him. I think uh, Casey was good enough throughout the match as well. Mm. Like, you know, like Dale Ende, I rag on about the man, but he didn't do a whole lot. To me, the younger lads impress me more than him. I probably have just a negative thing about him, so it's like confirmation bias of if he's not doing a whole lot, I'll just focus in on that. But, but yeah. what, what did you guys make of, I know a lot of people, because I remember when we came back from the lockdown and everyone was having a go at Munster for their tactics and stuff. Um, what did you guys make of it? Because um, I thought it was it was kind of interesting the way they approached it, I found the box kick it, so the 22. Yeah, that was the main one. That that stuck in my head. Like, why would you box kick it in prime territory position? Like, I get that there's a time and a place for a, a box kick and they're a viable option, but the you know that wasn't the time or the place. So yeah, it's, it's like you said. Like the the team that finished the game was better mm. than the team that started the game, which makes you think that well, maybe there's needs to be some shuffling of the. Uh, the depth roster there. People can't I, be there on past glories. I like okay, kick it like box kicking and kicking isn't a bad idea, especially in a, a mm. wet day. But another team would have put them away really hard. Yes. What what about uh, JJ? Do you think JJ is I, I think he's he's falling I, apart. Yeah, I think he's cooked, which is very unfortunate to see. Yeah. Um Another ten swirling the drain. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think Munster have they've named uh, Healy and Crowley. Casey. No Crowley. Crowley. Oh, yeah. They're on the they're they're two tens for uh, tomorrow's game. Yeah, Ben Healy and Jack Crowley. Um, I I hope they do well. You know, like I I want to see I want Munster to be as competitive as possible. Purely, yeah, well, uh, probably selfishly, but also not selfishly for the Irish team. But I want to see a good Munster Lencer match. You know, strong Munster means strong Lencer. I think. Not iron sharpens iron. Sharpens iron. Yes. Something. 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 There's another. Yeah, there's, a, there's definitely another. There's, phrase. A, <laughs> there's a counter argument to that. Yeah. I think it involves him. Yeah. Because if they're both tearing tearing lumps out of each other, like it's a uh, not great either, I suppose. But like, like Lancer been strong for twelve years, and Munster haven't. Yes, that's true. But did we did that twelve years come from Munster's greatness of late two thousand? Yeah, yeah, 
They definitely did spur each other on for a while. Yeah, but like ever since like 2011 was the last time Munster won something. Yeah. Anything. And after that, it's been one way traffic. Even, even before that, it, the, the tide shifted. Hmm. It must be a really frustrating position to be in as a coach where you're at a club that expects greatness, but you probably can't deliver it. But yet you need to bring up the new guys to maybe get to that place in a few years. Oh, it's a classic catch me too. Like if I play yeah. the young lads, I'll lose, I'll get blamed. Yeah. But if I don't play the young lads, I win the game, but I don't win any trophies, I'll still get blamed. So. Yeah. I wonder... Like how how long does this current drought have to carry on before some sort of massive shift in mentality happens where they they don't believe themselves to be entitled? I still get a little bit of a sense that they feel like they're entitled <laughs> to be winning <laughs> things. If you know what I mean, that's what gets them into the semi-finals consistently. Hmm. But it's not necessarily the players, it's more of a fan thing. Like, they think they're better than they are or something. I don't think they have any really illusions that they deserve to be winning trophies, but I think they expect to be competing in finals as opposed to... I don't know if that expectation is justified. I I think for a lot of them, the way I look at Munster is that um, even if they're underdogs in a game, I don't think they'd ever consider themselves like 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 a um they'd always consider themselves to be there or thereabouts against teams give themselves a fair shout anyway against yeah. most teams like i can't think of any the very few games over the last five six years where monster have been the underdog and won hmm. like this I'm, is what i mean i think they they were at their peak when they viewed themselves as underdogs now i think they if they start viewing themselves as underdogs a bit more... They'd win every game! <laughs> no, but they might develop some sort of different mentality. I think they see themselves as spurned champions or something, which, mm. you know, maybe that was the case eight years ago, but, like, you know, I think it's just time for a new mentality in the club. A new Bitter- order! Bitterness. <laughs> there should be uh, bitterness lectures on... Um... <laughs> Just, just history from the last ten years about how Lancer have been so great. And... <laughs> Do you want this to continue? <laughs> yeah. Um, trying to think, was there anything else major in that match? Obviously, Scarlet scored nine penalties, which I think is some sort of record. Yeah, I think they drew the record of most penalties by a person yeah. or something. Lee Halfpenny was just automatic. Um, yeah. Munster overall, though. Like they showed amazing fight to uh, yeah. even get to the draw. I thought it was going to be a yeah. huge achievement. Um, I thought it was kind of a bit weird how um they were reluctant to use Chris Farrell and Damien Gialende, but whenever they did, they got great joy out of them. So I wonder if they'll all do part that. of the plan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what do you mean yeah. reluctant? Uh, I think they didn't. It it looked like they didn't want to. It didn't look like they were trying to integrate them into their game plan. Like you know, this is where we're going to use these guys, or we're going to rely on these guys, or or just you know, we've got this new Springbok center who's huge. Let's just crash him up a few times. They didn't even do that. So could I could I make a case that that might be Dale Ende's fault? Well? 
Maybe, maybe. But um or both parties, like you know, it's not necessarily all one, all the other, but Yeah, I I'd still give them a pa- a bit of a pass because it is only game one of this very young season. Mm-hmm. Um looking at their team now for tomorrow, um there's a new guy called Alex McHenry who in the center who apparently is he's only played for Munster once before, apparently he's pretty decent. Um, they have that ex Saracens winger Matt Gallagher. First game, is it from? Yes, first game, first senior game. Um, some interesting characters. Your man Finian Witcherly, I think, is has been an interesting guy for a while. Mm. And also on the bench, Gavin Coombs and John Hodnett. Hodnett in particular uh, was really good in the limited action he saw last season. So, um, I'd be curious to see how he goes. What position does he play? He's a back row, pure number seven. So, okay. if you were, if I was to make a bold prediction, I would say that he'll usurp Palm in the team by the end of the season. Perhaps. I so, want to see it, Rob. I want to see it. It could happen. It could there happen. There needs to be a change of the guard down there. I think. Yeah, the it's kind of happens. The better for everyone. It's kind of weird because, like, I feel a little bit bad for Palm because at his peak he's a very good player and was very good and maybe the teams around him weren't that great in Munster mm. and now it looks like they might be I'm not saying they're 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 close but they're they're putting more parts together and it might just be he might have he might have missed the boat a bit on it <laughs> that's rugby like... I I know I know but it's just it's just it's just those things it's like um uh well, I don't know. I was going to use an NFL example, but it's actually a very obscure example. But, um... <laughs> Do it anyway. One person might get it. So essentially, it's the Jags. The Jacksonville Jaguars have this quarterback called Gardner Minshew now. He was mm. a sixth-round pick two years ago or last year. And um, he's like, at best, kind of like military medium. He won't lose you a game, but he actually can also win you a few games. Yeah. Um, so in 2017, the Jags had like one of the best defenses ever, and it got them all the way to like the semifinals, uh, the AFC Championship game, and they, but they had a terrible quarterback, and they're basically saying that if those two things had lined up, as in if they had that amazing defense, and that just okay quarterback, they probably would have won the Super Bowl. Yeah, gotcha. So it's kind of like I kind of. It's still to be seen what Munster can throw out there, but I wonder if Palm's career will look back and you'll be like... If it had been 10 years prior or 10 years later, it would have been perfect yeah, time. But... Would have been very different. Like, Yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Also on the bench for Munster, Roman Salanoa makes his first appearance. <laughs> Why are we booing him? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> After saying he'd say. Yeah, we... Like honestly, it it do, has thrown a bit of a spanner in the works because, yeah. um, because Furlong looks like he's been he's injured for a fairly long time. Um, yeah, it looks like a few. Yep. Yeah. So I'm trying to think who who do we have in that position? Bent Porter. Yes. Vac Absalanti Abdus whatever. Yes. Uh, got her the knife again for surgery. Yeah. Brought in that guy. Is it? Clarkson. No, Parker. We brought in Parker, who was ex Munster. Yes, yes. Clarkson is the under. He was under 20s last year or year before. Mm. Young lad, anyway. Uh, and Furlong is injured. Mm. 
But it is just kind of frustrating when you see Salanoa line out for Munster because yeah. we gave him decent enough exposure in the Pro 14. Oh, and we expected him to sign on. Yeah. Well, you, you never know. He could be Carberry 2.0. Could be. Go down there and just be do, injured a, do a whole load of nothing. <laughs> true enough, although his own has to be said. Yeah, true. true. Other than his particularly fragile body. <laughs> Let's see. Um, what about Craig Casey being uh, in the the developmental players? Do you think... Um, do you think he can bust onto the international scene this season, or is it probably season I, too early? Well, maybe not this bunch of games, mm. but Six Nations, like he might might take over first spot in Munster. Munster. Yep. Although I don't think that I think they'll keep Murray on until at least Europe is on. There's, there's certainly a void there waiting to be filled, which there's no reason why he couldn't be the one to do it. You know. Mm. Just obviously other guys that little bit further ahead of him, but if he yeah, has like quality he, as people seem to think, then he could be the guy. It's all open for him if he takes that spot. Yeah. Then then that what I was talking about there, where if you looked back at Connor Murray's career would definitely be like at one point he was the best scrum half in the world at arguably. And yeah. And then um yeah. <laughs> Can't be brilliant forever. Nope. nope. And that's just the way it works. Like you were saying there, 10 years either side of it, and you could have had a very different career. Sure, look at John Keoney. Six months. Yeah. <laughs> Six months ago, he was on the verge of, of taking the starting spot. Yeah. With a, good, with a good performance against Italy. And then now it's all gone. Down the drain. <laughs> Pickle mistress. Yep. Any other thoughts? Either about the game tomorrow, Leinster Benetton, or the Ireland squad, or just um, in general. I think we'll win tomorrow. <laughs> it's it's just like a, a Pro 14 game. We just want to see the lads play well. Interesting to see how Baird and Ryan go off. Mm. Um, that pack's actually very strong. Let me look at it again. Yes. Um. Uh, and after this game, we won't have the internationals. So, just mm. uh, one thing we didn't touch on really was yep. uh, Jack Luke McGrath's on mission from the Irish squad. I think it was kind of interesting. Yeah. Just well, we spoke about it. We said Gibson Park got up to this boss and, and Luke McGrath was now clear second choice in my mind. I thought that was more in the Lancer context, but yeah, yeah I suppose it does translate into an Irish context. But uh, yeah, I, I think uh, he has... He's his, He's been sent a message, so like, I'd like to see a response from him off the bench tomorrow, or at least just some sort of improvement or I don't the know. thing is like if his problem is like in a big game he'll make a mistake we won't know that until mm-hmm. until it's a big, big game yeah he just needs to improve his, his passing like it's, it's hard to say just get better but <laughs> that's, well, that's what it, that's like, let, let, like that's our scrum house are scrum house aren't great they have weaknesses and the strengths but it might say to him now like what you are doing isn't good enough to get back to where you were you have to be better so you have to change something in a better way. You know what I mean? It's it's mm. it's not it's no longer enough to do what he was doing. Well, the thing is, he'll still it'll be enough for him for the next few years at least because there's no one coming through that's going to take his spot this year or next year. Boy, he might be benched, he might be benched by Gibson Park, but that's it. Tell him get good or buying something. In. <laughs> that's that's an incentive. Well, Just wave the money around that Leinster money. 
Yeah, well, all that money could be gone pretty quickly. In yeah. fact, I'm pretty sure it's all gone already. <laughs> <laughs> Where did it go? I, I don't think anyone will be buying anyone for, for quite a while. Could we? Oh, yes, it doesn't work like that. You've explained this to me before <laughs> that we can't just sell off players. <laughs> if we could, like, it would be interesting, like, yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I think that would almost put us, us at an unfair advantage, though, if we could just sell off players. Yeah, but the, the people who were buying them would be. <laughs> yeah, but we'd sell, <laughs> sell them far players. and wide, Neil, far and wide, such that there could be no uh, amassing of ex Leinster talent that we've seen in perhaps the likes of Ulster. You know what I mean? Just send them to the four winds and then we'll never be <laughs> coming back. Speaking of sending Leinster players to the far and wide, Rob Kearney signed with Western Force. Yeah. Huzzah. He's a last speaker this week. Uh, I think it was, I can't remember, but I just thought it was interesting. This week, maybe? Yeah. I thought it was interesting because it's the first case I can remember of a full-blown Irish international. had this conversation before. <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm curious to see how he gets on. Do you think he'll do yeah. well? Um, uh, I, I don't know. It's tricky. Um, I wonder how, how well-suited his game is exactly. to the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah. But um, it's like we were saying, if he can do his basics, then you know. I don't know if that's what the sort of Hemisphere people want. <laughs> well, they bought him for a reason. Yeah. yeah, as some sort of publicity stuff. <laughs> Look, they probably just looked at his record and thought, this, guy, this guy's got to be good. Which he is good, <laughs> but I don't know if he's good in the way that they want him to be good. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. He's, he's definitely a Northern Hemisphere-style fullback. Yeah, can you imagine if we bought some... Some wing we'd never heard of from like a New Zealand club, and yeah. we we thought like, oh, this guy's gonna be lighting 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 the ODS up every weekend and mad shit, and then he was the most like basic, <laughs> deady player. <laughs> like you'd be Same a bit angry. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you'd be kind of like, here we've been shortchanged here. <laughs> and I think that's what's probably gonna happen with Rob Carney down there. So yep. they'll be like, why is he not doing all the things that his career <laughs> seems to indicate he can do? He won't lose some matches, but... Yeah. Is there, is there anything else you guys want to talk on? Or... Um, not particularly, I don't think. No. It's, um, we're entering into a very busy period in Irish rugby. When does the Six Nations start back? Next weekend? 24th. Yes, oh, I'll check. I'll check now. Is that the weekend after the Heineken Cup? It's um, tomorrow, two weeks. Okay. So, yeah. How's Rassing's COVID cases, actually, do we know? I haven't heard any. I haven't heard anything, which I think is a good thing. Mm. I see that the COVID cases could be affecting the premierships end as well. Yeah, Sale had to forfeit a game. That, that whole fiasco with Sale and the way Northampton had to forfeit a game and Sale got their game postponed. I, th- I thought that was just like an absolute mess. Yeah. I don't understand how they, they mess it up. Yeah. Well, it, it seems like a one rule for D, another for me situation <laughs> where one person blatantly got some special like, treatment. Uh, yeah. Who was it that got the, I think you might have got that the wrong way around, Rob. No, no. S- S- Sale got their game postponed. Okay. And um, they ended up forfeiting it anyway, but it, they should have been forfeiting it last week rather than during the middle of this week. Yeah. 
and Saints had to had to forfeit because they couldn't feel the team because they'd played Sale recently and were self-isolating. Yeah. So it made no sense. Um, that, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. What about Leicester's uh, season of... Just being terrible? No, but... Uh... Like they got the obviously the big big lucky draw with Saracens. They probably would have went down otherwise. Mm. But then I think the quarterfinal of the Challenge Cup, yes. they just got the buy through. <laughs> like, <laughs> what more luck can they get? Mm. It, uh... Would that very much winning a game? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would be mad. They're um, they're an interesting case because they're one of the best supported teams in England, as far as I'm aware, and. I would have thought that they would have decent. Looking at their signings and stuff, they yeah. they probably have decent finances, but and their history, they have a great history. Um, oh. but they've uh, like you're saying there, if Saracens hadn't done what they'd done, they they probably would have been relegated. It's a weird case, isn't it? Like because mm. they have talent and they have had talent, it's mm. just not translating into any sort of consistent results. It's weird. And I think that I think they have a similar mentality to Munster, whereby they are entitled or they expect some level of success. Which, yeah. when you have those players, I think that stands to reason. But again, it wasn't happening. So, fair play to the fans for keeping on, keeping on, and the likes of Tuilagi being loyal to the club. Which Tuilagi left? Did he? When did he leave? <laughs> <laughs> He he refused to take a pay cut, so he left and he plays for sale now. But he's injured, so yeah, he's oh, he's, he's injured. There's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, trying to think. Oh yeah, did uh, Noel Reed left as well? Didn't he? Yes. They weren't they weren't going to pay him either. Where did he go to? I'll look for answer. I think D two. Yeah, he got a red card. I remember that. Oh, he could be. He could even be top fourteen. Yeah, yeah, Exodus. He went to Agen. Good old Agen. I don't know if that's Pro D2 or not. Is it? I think it's Pro D2, yes. Okay. He has over 100 caps for Leinster. Yeah. What about good. Ireland? How many ca- Irish caps does he have? Only one? What? I would have thought. How do you have more? <laughs> I don't know. I just... <laughs> I don't know. He's versatile. Chuck Schmidt liked versatile people, didn't he? Mm-hmm. 10, 12, whatever you need, baby. All right, I think we're we're pretty much done done there. <laughs> we're bringing up Noel Reed, you know, it's time to hit the bell. Oh, Ajen are actually in the top fourteen. I just Hooray! <laughs> okay, we'll leave it there. So, okay, bye guys. Good luck. <laughs>